Attention shoppers, we now have taste in the bread aisle. Dave's Killer Bread. That's right, an organic bread that's no longer a sedative for your taste buds. Dave's Killer Bread is on a mission to make the most of the loaf, to rid the world of GMOs, high fructose corn syrup, and artificial ingredients, and plant the seeds of good in all that they bake. Killer taste, killer texture, and always organic. Dave's Killer Bread. Bread amplified. guys welcome to another episode of not cool with me um today i'm so excited uh i i'm very lucky that this guest came to and take time to come on my podcast um we're just being introduced but she is a comedian author actress podcaster you might know her from the very popular very popular one of the most popular <laughs> podcasts on the planet since forever uh guys we fucked everybody christina hutchinson hello thank, thank you for you. having me thank you for coming it's on great to be here show <laughs> you just got in town like you literally i asked christina i was like hey how long have you been in la because you are from new york new york yeah? city yeah i got in at 11 a.m this morning okay <laughs> i was like welcome it's 110 yeah degrees in los angeles california and you came right into the comedy store basement yeah which is haunted as but oh, yeah, this whole place is haunted as fuck. So, yeah, so when we were first talking, the first thing, you, you felt something when you came down the basement, which yeah. you, we bonded immediately <laughs> about. Yeah, people were tortured in that neighboring room over there, for sure. <laughs> but so you said, okay, so, all right, okay, before, let's back it up. I, we were talking before we started podcasting about mediums, about psychic mediums, about the heebie-jeebies, about ghosts, about all those, you know, particular things. And Jen, my wife is here, and often I don't pick up on those. And I, people say that you have to be, you know, you're a high vibe person. Mm. When one animal's like you, and my dog mm. Pegasus is here, and she loves you. Mm. Yes, we bonded. I love her. And She's then amazing. You pick up on spirits. Yeah, it's yeah, and I'm a I'm a like a triple Pisces. That's like one of the most intuitive signs, and in I don't know much about astrology, but I know a lot about my sign because you know I'm selfish and uh, I'm just I want to know I want to understand myself more. Yeah. And uh, they kind of nailed, but the, one of the top uh, adjectives that's associated with Pisces is intuitive and. Like very spiritual. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe that's why. Yeah. yeah, I'm obsessed with this stuff. It's it's become. I've always been obsessed with it, but ever since quarantine hit, I had a lot of time on my hands. Read a lot of books and watched a lot of documentaries. And I'm like, wait, we can talk to people who've died. That's insane. I need to figure that out. Yeah. Well, and did, but did you that happened during quarantine. You never had that like interest or I always was interested. The movie Matilda really changed my life. Okay. <laughs> I would watch it every day and I would try to like make Cheerios move on the counter. I'm like, I know I can do this. Yeah, yeah. But something I learned about that um is like a psychic phenomena that I just didn't know cuz all most kids are psychic. They have some type of something. Yeah. And it gets either with time or your parents it kind of just gets like ignored or washed out of you. And I could do and I just thought it was normal. And cool, but remote viewing. So I would sit on my porch. It was so weird. 
I would sit on my porch and if I like say my mom's friend was going to come and pick me up and take me somewhere and I was being impatient. I was like, where are they? Where are they? Where are they? And I was maybe six yeah. and I would sit on my porch and I would get really quiet. I'm like, okay. And I would put myself in the back of their car. I'm like, okay, where are, oh, okay, this is where they are. And I would, I would kind of calculate where they are in relation to my house. And then I would figure out, all right, they're going to turn down that street in three, two, one. And they would turn and I'm like, yes, nailed it. And I, I didn't think that was anything weird, okay. but I just thought it was cool. And then I learned over the last couple of years that there's something called remote viewing that governments hire people to do like Russia, the Russian government very famously hires remote viewers and the United States government and the Montauk project, which is this weird fucking thing where they would basically kidnap kids, traumatize them and see if they could teach them psychic phenomena. So the movie, the, the show stranger things yeah, that's based off of that. Yo. And I've been to Montauk in that place in that creepy ass park I did not know that that was what happened. And I walked through the park and I'm like, this is the, it's such a beautiful park, but it's so sad and dark. I'm like, why? And I looked it up. I'm like, holy shit. They literally kidnapped children and traumatized them to teach them how to like do remote viewing and talk to people about like all the psychic stuff. Okay, but hold up. All right. So they, is this current, current day? They, no, this was back. I in, was like, like this, wait, yeah, hold. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, not not current. I was like, can we do? Something it's like a rundown <laughs> facility now. Okay, yeah, okay. I'm an idiot. All right. I mean, I mean, no, I'm it's, not, it's one of the. I didn't happen. know about it. I was walking through the park and I'm like, why do I feel like I want to cry? Yeah. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, the torture of children. So why do they have to traumatize children? Because children already have an intuitive. Why do they have to traumatize them to build this system? Yeah. Well. There is a theory, and I don't know about the, the validity of it, but there is a, a lot of theories about, like, if you've experienced trauma as a kid, you're kind of just more sensitive, so you're more open. Okay. So, like, everyone is traumatized as a Pisces, in a way. <laughs> Bless your heart. Well, that's, well, because, yeah. I, and if you're a Pisces and you're traumatized, ding, 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 that's a jackpot. <laughs> no, I, you're working it, though. Yeah. Because I looked, I went on your website and on her on your merch, and it was, like, one of the things was about, like, uh, some of your merch has, like, the uh, trauma about it. Oh, it's yeah, like, Children, of trauma, children of trauma Unite. I have a Unite. pillow that says, congrats on not killing yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, it's dark. I yeah. liked it. Yeah. So, but then it made me, so when you were talking, I was like, oh, you kind of come from that. There's a oh, thread yeah. through there that you connect to, which, I mean, who, I don't know. Who doesn't have trauma? Does everybody have trauma? Most people do. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I feel it's like kind of comforting, but also like, oh, that sucks. I want people to be happy. But it, it gives you, it gives you some gifts. Yeah. After you've worked it out. Yeah. After you've cried. <clears throat> a lot. So much. I'm still in it. I mean, yeah. we're... I mean, I'm still in it, but like the amount of work that I've actually set aside and done on that, and it's still, you know, it's yeah, just, it knocks at your door like uh, most days. <laughs> I'm working, so you do stand up comedy, yes, <laughs> <laughs> which leads me to that. And you're here actually in LA to do a show to no, uh, tomorrow night, tomorrow night. yeah, the That's main awesome. room. How often do you come to Los Angeles? Not often, um, maybe twice a year, but I haven't come in a while. Um, I don't even know when the last time I was here was. Time when I'm here, it's weird. I feel like a weird sadness when I'm here. Okay, which I don't know why. Tragic. Just not here in this building, but just like L.A., which it's such a beautiful place. Like I don't know, it's always that always confused me. But then, um, yeah, I feel like I can't remember the last times I was here. Like I have to look it up on my calendar because there's this other thing that happens when I'm here that like I don't have a semblance of time. It's very strange. I don't know what that's about, but 
you're not the you're not the only one who says that. It's because I'm not from Los Angeles either. Okay. And so whenever you know I fly into LAX, the moment I touch down into the airport, I'm like, oh no. Yeah, right. Broken dreams. You know what I'm talking about. Sugar. It does feel that. But when I land in New York, I'm like, girl, yeah. there's an electricity to New York. And I've lived there for 15 years, and every time I feel it, I'm like, okay. But every time I come here, like it feels like broken dreams. But there's so many people here whose dreams come true. Mm. They're, they're so why I want that energy? <laughs> yeah, no, but it's amazing how many times, and I've lived in Los Angeles for twenty-one years. I've oh been damn, here a really long time. And the sadness just has no, stayed okay, with always, you, yes, the whole time. Yeah, fuck. I don't know what it is. You just learn to acclimate, and like, because Jen, who's on the mic, is from Los Angeles. I don't know if you feel that way, but I think. I was telling her the other day, I was like, man, I've lived in this city for 21 years, and I, there's so many parts about it that I still can't wrap my head around it. Of yeah. Like, <laughs> of, like, how it makes you feel or, like, how it's structured or how... How people operate. Mm. Um, and maybe that's also, too, because I'm constantly, like, in the world of stand-ups or actors or people in the industry or people just, you know, constantly... Um, their goal is the nugget. Like it's not people. It's not making friends. It's not, which is great. Yeah, it's anti-human though. It's like very anti-human. Mm, it's not a grounded thing, place yeah. to come from. Yeah. You know, there's yeah, there's something strange about the energy here. Yeah. And every time I'm like, maybe this time I won't feel it. Every time I do. Yeah, I was mm. actually. Gonna be, so would you ever move here? <laughs> no, no. I would be by coastal, but I wouldn't want to live. I love Northern Cali. I've never been Northern Cali. I've been to San Francisco, but I went to Big Sur with my boyfriend a couple months ago. And I was like, damn, trees. Mm -hmm. That like, talk about like you feel the vibe of where you're at. I was like, this is where everybody should be all the time yeah. amongst trees. Yeah. Well, it's interesting too, because when you pick up on it, energies and so it's it's an interest that you live in new york city which to me i love new york because it's so stimulating so stimulating. yeah it's like an adderall it's an adderall that's yeah. why i love it like, love i it. love get work done <laughs> yeah yeah you don't need food you get work done you eye on the prize <laughs> that's what i do i love it no one eats there like it's crazy who has time for We're that too busy yeah no i love and it the so. sense of urgency is high yeah. in every way you go to dunkin donuts like all right get out of here get out of here here you go here you go like everyone's just rushing but i love that yeah what, feels, why why does because i go good. to new york often for work and every time i go i'm like this place that. is too much for me Pro it, may, it makes sense though to be born here it's the pace is totally like, i can't imagine coming from here to there that's got to be jarring coming from new york to here it's jarring in a totally different feasible way of like oh i need to slow down more but ha forcing somebody to like speed up is that feels like it's, it's more fun, friction. But I feel this like like that she urgency. Gets worn out. Like it, it feels like I get so anxious. I'm like, why is everybody totally. moving? Should I be moving too? Why is everybody running around? Should I be running around too? I like that shit. I, that's my normal state. Like, no, but I like, I like it. But like when I actually, I'm like, oh, I'm a fucking loser. Everyone's <laughs> moving. You do feel it's easy to feel lazy. I'm a shit. You're like, well, shit. and it for, well it forces you to really have a, like a come to Jesus moment with yourself and be like, I will stand true in the amount of what I get done, despite. <laughs> all the feelings coming at me of like, you're not doing enough. Yeah. You have to really boldly go, no, you know what I am. Mm -hmm. And that takes a lot of inner work. <laughs> yeah. How often for stand up then, cause stand up here is completely different. Obviously it's like, yeah. there's a lot more uh, celebrityism here. So yeah, everyone's more, hot here. Everyone's hot. Every stand up's hot. It's crazy. I'm like, damn, not a hot stand ups in New York. There's some, but like everyone's so hot here. And awesome. everybody the has, a, has a show. Yeah, it looks good. Colors, it's well, it's yeah. 
it's like, uh, well, not only that, but like a lot of most people have their own, you know, their own platforms, their own podcasts, their own shows. They've been on movies. They've been so you're, yeah. you know, if you come to the comedy store, for instance, like you're gonna see a lineup, of yeah. straight back to back to back to back to back celebrities, just murderers, yeah. So as like a a comedian who's not at that level yet, but working stand up, the comedy store is great for that. Yeah. But most big clubs like the Improv, Laugh Factory, all these places are not like it's harder, I think, for stand ups to get stage time. Oh, uh, okay. Here in Los Angeles. Yeah, they're more exclusive. Like here you have independently produced shows, which is really nice. Yeah. 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 And you could do the hang here. Like oh, there's not yeah. the other clubs, the improv you can kind of hang because that bar area, but like mm-hmm. the the suns, the what's the one down the street? The Factory. Laugh Factory. There's not a hang there. Like the patio yeah. here, it's so inviting. It's so. Yeah, I just love this club. Yeah, there's people just getting high and smoking fucking hookah back there. <laughs> yeah, it's the best. I guess I'll just chill here. Yeah. How long have you been doing stand-up? 11 years. That's not even that long, though. No. Not yeah, really. I've heard like 10 years is when you start getting good. Yeah. And it, it, I did. I do feel that. Like, it doesn't have to be that way. But um, when the 10-year mark, I'm like, oh, okay. That type of nerves that I used to have, but like that were tied with my self-esteem, that went away. Yeah. You still have nerves, but like you just, it's more of an excitement to like structure set. And I like being at the point where I can get really meticulous about the jokes and like every single beat or like how I, my, my, my hand gestures and stuff. I like being able to be picky, but you have to get through a lot of other things before you can get to there. So it's nice. Yeah. I like it. For sure. Well, it's like even tomorrow night, you're doing an hour? Yeah, I'm the, right? probably 45 to an hour, depending. I think they're going to add a couple people to the show. But yeah, I've been doing an hour on the road. Um, and I love it. It's a totally different animal. It's a different dance. And the, the callbacks and the, it's basically like, I think I was talking to Dan Soder once and I was like, what's the trick to doing an hour? And he's like, it's three 20 minute sets. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh. And then if you make the middle, like, so the first and the second one, the first and third of my hour have like, very related themes and then you hammock it in with something kind of you know different I, it's really fun it's like a little science experiment to put it together yeah no it takes a, that's why i'm like what to me because here a lot of people if they're doing our practice sets or whatever they're gearing up to do a special because yeah. everyone here for not everyone but a lot of comics are producing their own specials because yeah. obviously networks are not picking up nope. specials yeah so is that something that you want to do? Or, or maybe you have done that, and I'm just not aware of it. No, uh, Kurt and I produced a comedy special, our special day that we paid for. We each did half-hour sets, and we did um, our live touring show involved a lot of audience interaction, so we incorporated that into the special. So it was really, it was really fun. We're very proud of it. Um, I recorded this hour as an album in May in Philly that I want to release. It, it was filmed, but I think there's something, there's something to just audio. For a stand-up special. Like, sure, okay. I just hear the jokes differently when it's just audio. I'm not distracted. Especially, and I, I hate that I internalize this, but when it's a woman, I'm like, what? It, oh, she's wearing that? Or I'm like, fucking shut the fuck up, Christina. When I'm just, totally. But when I listen to just the voice, I'm actually listening to, like, the art form and not all the other things that my, like, monkey mind is going. And so I love listening to comedy albums. So I was like, I want to mainly push the album part of this. They, they filmed it too. They want to put it up on YouTube. But I'm like, yeah, I'm going to push it as an album. I love that. Yeah. Because most, yeah, a lot of people are, even with podcasts. Speak, so, you, okay, speaking of podcasts. So you did, you were doing the podcast before you were doing stand-up? Or is it the other Started way? the same time. You start the same time. Yeah, I was maybe doing stand-up for a year. And then the podcast happened. Okay. Yeah. And I read a little bit. And were you 
podcast at that time? Were they just coming out? Because even now, podcasting to me is like, wait, what? It's the whole frontier. It's insane. Everyone has one. Everyone's got one. We kind of thought everyone had one when we when we started. Yeah. Um, but my God, were we wrong? No one had one, <laughs> technically, when you compare it to today. So yeah, the, it wasn't a sat the market wasn't as saturated. So I think that's part of too, like it, it's luck, timing and talent, you know? Yeah. I think those all three, when they're all three there, that's when you go whoosh, up into the sky. Yeah. For for a project, yeah. Yeah. Well, did you so okay, so taking it back a little bit cuz I I obviously researched you before I met you because I've never met you. Um but I know who you are. So, I guess how did that happen with you and Corinne I know SNL was involved yes and would you before I know you worked you worked, interned there you interned with SNL was SNL ever a dream yes of yours is it still a dream of yours no I was up until like a couple of years ago it was but now it's not um but I still love that show oh my god it's such a special place in my heart um I I wanted to be on SNL as a when I was a teenager and I th went to Penn State my first year of college. And then I thought it was one of those, you know how people say like they get like a download. So I didn't know what that, that wasn't a word that was discussed when this happened. But I got like a, th like a thought just put in me of like, you need to move to New York and go to college there. Because if you intern at SNL, that's how you get an in. You, and you do a great job and you like are memorable and you're very respectful and very like on top of your shit you can have some sort of in there. So I'm like, okay, fuck, I don't want to go to New York. But I did. Mm -hmm. And I interviewed for them a couple times, didn't get it. And then I finally got it my senior year. And at the end of that internship, um, that last episode, they have a, a big party on the ice skating rink that interns can go to. And I asked one of the writers how to get on the show, like, what's the best, best path? And he said stand-up. And he was an improv guy. So I thought he was going to say UCB. I'm like, oh, that sucks. I don't want to do stand-up. <laughs> But I I signed up for my first time ever on stage was a Bringer show. I didn't too? do open mic. I didn't do open mics. I didn't know about open mics. I was like, I'm just gonna okay. I'm gonna call all my friends, tell them to come to the show. I'm gonna make up five minutes. The balls you have when you're in your early twenties is there. It's beautiful, you and it's you got to take advantage of it. You yeah. got to kind of blindly. You're a kamikaze pilot, and you're like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but I'm gonna do it, and you just go. Yeah. So that's what I did. <laughs> no, I. if it makes you feel any better, I had to, um, I've told this story before on this podcast, but I had to, or maybe it was on, anyway, I had to audition. I had to audition to get on a Bringer show. Wow. The very first show I ever did. Wow. There was an ad in Backstage West. Wow. I went to one of those, like, you know, a newsstand. Yeah. Because a friend of mine who was an improv at Second City, who I taught, you know, like, I was a student of his, and uh, he's like, well, if you want to do stand-up, you know, just look in the backstage. I'm sure there's some classifieds of people, of shows you could go to. So I, you know, I went and it said, like, audition to perform at the Comedy Store. I was oh, like, shit. damn, bitch. Yeah. yeah. And the audition was at a coffee shop at Buzz Coffee. Whoa. That's no longer even there. But, like, and they had, like, this little bullshit, you know, board stage. And I had to bring wow. a headshot, Christina. Wow. Who was there from the store that was watching these auditions? There, it, there was no one from the store. It, it was, was just a lie. Who it was some guy. It was two people who. It was some guy. No, it was uh, Vargas and 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 who's the the lady with the high pitched voice? John, doesn't matter. They they were two people who produced a show, a bringer oh. show. No, there were. Slug oh, the bringer work. people were the, making you audition. Oh, yes, that's fucking. 
fucked up and hilarious. Now I know, but but you don't. Yeah, at you don't that know. time, I had girl. Like, yeah, I was. I had nothing. I had never done stand up. Yeah, I did all my background was in um, improv and like I worked at Zany's in Chicago. Okay, so you had a comedy background I mean, then. Yeah. I didn't even have that. Okay, I just had a dream. Better. <laughs> well, that's a it. hope and a wish. Yeah. Do you remember what that was? I mean, my first Bringer show was hell on earth. Was yeah. yours decent? Did you get laughs? I think I did. I was so nervous. It was the most nervous I've ever been, yeah. probably in my life. My comedy partner, Corinne, was there. She was one of the people I asked to come. That was like the first time I ever saw her outside of. The- I met her at an internship hmm. three years prior. That was the first time I really ever saw her outside of work. I invited her to the show, and then afterwards she was like, that was good. Do you want to work together? And I was like, yeah. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, sure. And then we yeah. just started, yeah, we started our comedy duo called Sorry About Last Night. So from one bringer show? Yeah. That's how this whole relationship literally... It started at Lehman Entertainment, is uh, the internship I was at. Yeah. So she was like my boss at the internship, because she's a couple years older than me. And then and then what really like made her reach out to go, do you want to start working together and stuff, was I brought her to that bringer show. So I couldn't have done that bad. I know. I was like, you... It, I blacked out. Yeah. That's how nervous yeah. I was. Yeah. Blacked out. I was 22, blacked out. Soberly blacked out. <laughs> yeah, it's... Well, because then... On, well, soberly, and then on top of that, it was pitch black. And I couldn't see anything. We were just watching a show on, um, again, Netflix last night about free divers. Oh, okay? shit. And it's like these divers who go down, you know, 150 feet down into the ocean. And it's like just pitch black. And they have nothing around oh. them. And they see one little light. And I was like, and it's so silent. Like, yeah. No it's sense. like you're in outer space. <laughs> that's exactly what they said. It's like being in space. Wow. Which made me think of like when you were talking. I was like, that's what my experience was the first time I was on stage. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're on stage and you're going, why the fuck am I doing this? Like, that's a that's a interesting moment of like being there. And you're like, I can't back out of this. It's like the it's like the nightmare of like I show up to a party naked and you're in a dream and you're like, oh, no, you're so embarrassed. And it's, it feels like that times 10. Yeah. Hell on earth. Yeah. But somehow it worked out. And Corinne was like, yo, yeah, let's do this thing together. Because So then you guys became a just it was a stand up duo. A comedy duo. Comedy so we would do duo. sketches and stuff, like videos. We would have like camcorders, video shit. Yeah. We would ask, there was our first video, which is, it was the hottest day in New York, and we just asked New Yorkers, is it hot enough for you? <laughs> 20 minutes, like not 20 minutes, like a minute of us, no, like seven minutes, I forget. But it's just, I was asking people, how is it hot enough for you? On the, <laughs> the street? Whole video. Like, yeah. on the street interviews? That's it. No follow-up questions. <laughs> Just is hot enough for you? Okay. You're just like, fuck yeah. yeah and they yeah, keep walking. Like, yeah. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That, how long you got to start that? somewhere. No, I think it's <laughs> it's great. I mean, because, yeah, a lot of people, are, I mean, that stuff on the street has been going on a long time. Yeah. Like, way before you and I were even born. But, like, yeah. But it's interesting to see now, you know, like Hannah Burner, who I know you know, who's yeah. amazing. Like, but just seeing her do stand, you know, just people on the street stuff. It's, like, yeah. So, it's so fun to watch. Um, but yes, okay. So then, so you guys did st- stuff on the street, did camcorder things. Was this when YouTube was blowing up, or was YouTube uh, already? It was around. I don't know that it was blowing up yet. Did your all's videos gain traction pretty no. quickly? No. We would do. Um, we would watch the show Girls on HBO, and then we'd have like a commentary where we just called it Girls on Girls, and we just reviewed the show Girls. <laughs> and I would edit it on iMovie, and I was like, "This is so funny." <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> I still edit on iMovie. So I mean, iMovie's great, but like it just, I wasn't a good editor. I tried. I tried. It wasn't bad. 
So you guys have been really in this combination of figuring out what's going to work for a long time oh, yeah. together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's We've been working for together for a while, and then Guys We Fucked was the first thing that, like, popped. And what I read was that was because Corinne went through a breakup, right? And this yeah. idea spawned. Yeah, she got dumped by somebody who she kind of thought at the time was, like, the love of her life. And I don't think she'd ever gotten dumped at that point. And it just sent her spiraling. And um, it was one of those breakups that you're, like, you question everything. And so I think in a effort to get answers but also like form like creating projects that I'm like what's something I want to do I would never have talked to half of those people that I fucked that we interviewed on the podcast had it not been for the show so I'm like this is really interesting like I have I would never have had these conversations before so then that's when podcasting was kind of relatively new and there weren't a lot of intense conversations happening on podcasts yet so I was like oh this is really kind of cool cutting edge yeah and so you had guys that you actually fucked yeah. On the show. Oh, yeah. And you went, was it easy to get these guys to come on and... Because there was no video, yeah. Oh, so it was just audio, so they were... It's just audio the way it should be, uh, frankly. Like, yeah. the video, you have to have video now, so I get it. It's yeah. like keeping up with the times, but... It was such a pleasure to just have the audio and not worry about the video, not worry about what you're wearing and how you're sitting and your makeup and... All that shit. Because that's not what matters in a podcast to me. Like, you're a fly on the wall for a conversation... It's fine. We, we've certainly adapted to it, but uh, that was one of the reasons they wanted to do it. They could, you wouldn't see their faces, and we a lot of them wanted a fake name, yeah. uh, and that was easy to do. It, the, all you had was their voice and what they said, so the privacy level of it was more than it is now. So we have an interview. The last guy I fucked that we interviewed was a porn star. Oh. Which was, he was already in the public limelight, and so I was like, he didn't care. Like, he was like, yeah, I'll fucking go on your podcast. So yeah. it's kind of difficult to do. Like, I have a boyfriend now, and he, he, I don't want him to go on the show, and he wouldn't want to either. Because it's like, now that we've done it for so long, and you get, people have tried to, like, fuck guys that we've broken up with, and it, no. like, really is gut-wrenching. And so you're like, okay, I want to keep this to myself. <laughs> How do you know that information? Because they'll show us the DMs. The guys. Like, the, we had an episode oh. that was like the ep- podcast episode around the world. It's called, we just called it the breakup episode. Yeah. I broke up with my boyfriend of seven years. Corinne broke up with her boyfriend of three years. We actually broke up with them at the same time, did not tell the other person, and then just kind of like reeled in it. And then eventually I texted her and I was like, hey, I broke up with Steve. And she goes, oh, I broke up with my boyfriend. I wasn't going to say anything, but I guess I'll say something because you broke up with yours. And so we were reeling and they're like, we should just do an episode that's just me and you talking about it. And um, we did. And that inspired, it was, it's, I still hear from, to this day, like, oh, I broke up with this toxic person who like abused me. We were just in the cycle of abuse with each other. And I listened to that episode and I got the fuck out of there. And I'm like, yes. Um, but yeah, that, uh, but after that episode, they like Steven told me this and then Corinne's ex showed her the DMs from women. I'm like, we were just crying saying how much like this is hard. Like, can you not try to fuck them? I mean, it's a free country, but like, that's people, rude. I mean, people don't care. Like the, yeah. this, the fucking, that's terrible in the human race right now. It's like, it's par for the yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah. that all tracks. Yeah. But it's, I, it's an amazing, I've never thought of that. Con- well, one, because, you know, sexual, have you ever had like um, guys and girls we fucked? <laughs> have there been women? I've had sex with women, but I've not had them on because I don't n- <laughs> know their time. name. <laughs> and it was a long time ago. Well, yeah. no, it would be a lot of talking. There'd be yeah, it would a be lot a lot more of talking. T- yeah. <laughs> Which is mean- kind of nice. I'm a talker. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sorry. Well, that's good because dudes will let you talk because they're like, whatever. You're like, okay, I guess I'll do the talking. You know. Yeah, yeah. But with, yeah. So 
that's what made me think. I was like, oh, because I mean, I've been with my my wife is like a gold star lesbian, never been nice. with dudes, and so I was like, you should go on guys we fucked because it'd be a short conversation. There'd be none. <laughs> there'd be none. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, we don't. It's uh, fortunately the topics are not limited to fucking guys. Totally not. No, no, no. It's very all inclusive. It just made me. Because I've been with both for majority of my life. And it just made me go like, oh, I wonder if there's like girls on that show. And then my head went to like, it would be a very, I don't know if you could do it. Because all of my guy exes. This July 4th, celebrate the spirit of freedom and comfort with Minky Couture Blankets. Wrap yourself in the softness of luxury minky fabric as you cozy up under the stars and stripes. Our blankets are designed to ignite your patriotic pride and keep you warm all night long. From backyard barbecues to fireworks in the sky, make every moment memorable with Mickey Couture. Indulge in the ultimate comfort and style this Independence Day. Visit us at MickeyCouture.com or your nearest store today and embrace the true essence of July 4th with Mickey Couture blankets. Freedom has never felt so cozy. Set summer in motion with the most adventurous Honda vehicles yet, like the Passport and Pilot Trail Sport and the Ridgeline, built for better off-road performance and engineered for more adventure. Summer's here. For a limited time, well-qualified buyers can get a 3.9% APR on a 2023 Honda Pilot, a 2.9% APR on a 2023 Passport, and a 0.9% APR on a 2023 Ridgeline. Buy online, reserve from select dealers, or visit your local Honda dealer today. See dealer for financing details. I still talk to. Oh, nice. And we're very cool. That's awesome. Very good. You know, one of them's married. I mean, it's whatever. Like, yeah. it's cool. That's nice. The women that I've dated. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, men they can hurt will... you physically, but boy, can women hurt you spiritually, Ooh. emotionally, and yeah. Punishers, dog. <laughs> they would slit my throat if I saw them on the street. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's yeah, not... yeah, yeah. Why is that, Sarah? Because that women hold grudges. I don't do that. Yeah. I think, I think women are angrier than men. Yeah. And, but our tactics of expressing that are like, they could be pretty explosive. Yes. And no, and I, we just hold on. We harbor so much. We'll hold Yeah, that's, and that's, I think, part of the reason. It's like, if you're not used to like saying something as it comes up, that energy ain't going, that ain't, energy ain't going anywhere and it's building up. But you have like a bank account of shit energy that you're just going to like explode onto people. And it's not good. No, it's very bad. It's not. So it's just, I wish I, there's, there are women that I've had in my life that I wish I could talk to. I don't have Damn. anything against them. But, but like, sometimes people like, if they were hurt by a like a parent and you embody that parent mm -hmm. they're projecting that parent on you it has nothing to do with you and but they're not budging yeah and it's like ah ever since i really got into like childhood trauma and what that is and and then most people have it and you're like oh, okay the whole theory of like projecting like when somebody yells at you for something that they're doing mm -hmm. like you're like what the fuck is this but it happens a lot i hear about it happening a lot i've experienced it happening a lot and you're like what's happening here? But really you're just getting that energy out from whoever dicked you over earlier. Cause it has to go somewhere, but it's, you know, ideally it doesn't go on to an innocent party. Yeah. No. And that's why I, <laughs> I love your podcast because one, it def, it delves into relate. It's not just about fucking. It's about, it's about everything. Uh, like everything, everything. And yeah. It's, you know, and vulnerability, like fucking is so vulnerable. And sex is so like beautiful and connective. It can be it can be so many different things, but mm -hmm. like at its core, it's really like explosively. I don't know. You just feel like alive in a way. And so, but there's so many facets of sex. How you feel about yourself, mm -hmm. you know, your past, 
how you express yourself in your, like everything that it's like, wow, you think you're going to run out of things to talk about. You really don't. No. Well, because it's relationships, right? And like, we all come from, like my, my, my parents have been divorced five times and separated to each other? 11 from, times to, from one another. Whoa, that fascinates me. crazy, bitch. Marrying the same person again? And again? Fascinating. I've heard again, a lot. I've heard a again. couple times of those stories. What is that about? Oh, and we were born and raised Catholic. This was Whoa. in the Catholic church. What, what did your dad do in between those divorces? Well, he got, he would marry other. Get it would, in? He would what? No, he would just oh, get engaged to other. Get engaged? He's been engaged Well, your dad has a lot of love to give. Yo. And married. <laughs> Engaged to two other women and then finally married another woman. And that lasted. I'm not putting my dad on blast. Like No, I mean, honestly, I'm but, fascinated. That's, I would love to interview him. That's amazing. Me too. Because it's like, me. what? I, I'm just so curious about. There's very clear reasons why he did that. And I want to know what they are. That's fascinating. It's fascinating to me because I've struggled in relationships for the rest of my life. Yeah, I can't imagine that model is it's a healthy great. one. Yeah. No, I have. You know that I have. I'm very open and I have nothing to hide about it. Like, Relationships are hard. They're very difficult. Because when you have walls up and you don't know you have walls up and you're like, Funk, and you're like, I can be stubborn and I have a temper and I'm, I can act so childish and so like, I see being self aware is a blessing and a curse because like, I see ways that I'm being like manipulative and I'm like, what, what Christine, what are you doing? That's not how you get, you just ask for a thing. Don't, don't like try to make them guess and then get mad. Yeah, <laughs> so dumb. You're so self-aware. It's, it's just fucking exhausting. I mean, no, it it is. Ex it's 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 nuts because that's what we were in the very beginning. I was like, yo, I've done a lot of work. I'm like, I, yeah. I've been sober for 21 fucking years. That's amazing. I've done therapy. I've done trauma work. I've done. I'm nice. Name it. I've sat in ashrams. Yeah, I have done shit. Some shit. Good. Like, Good for you. And it's just an. And the things that I still carry, and I'm, it's no blame. Like my parents yeah. did the best they could with their grandparents. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, and no. they had it probably worse than we had it. So it's like 100. You, breaking the cycle is a very powerful thing. Mm -hmm. But to break the cycle, you know, it really entails someone being an asshole to you and you not being an asshole to somebody else after that. Like you not getting angry. You have to go, I'm not catching it. That is very difficult. It's hard. Yeah. Well, and it's that my pattern, yeah, which is like my, my dad. Yeah, I'm very much my dad and my mom. My both of them were like that, actually, because I mean, oh, if they okay. weren't. They your mom <laughs> got shacked up with other people. No, too. No, my your dad? mom. See, this is a difference. My mom would date no one. Huh? Like she would. Nope. Like, was she waiting for your dad to come back or was she like, thing. I'm cool? She was cool, but she only she always wanted to get back when he was dating another girl. Oh okay. yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. She had yeah. that like I don't. It's like oh, I don't think he's hot. I do. Wait, I think he's hot too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which I didn't realize. I didn't find that out about my mom until like as of when my as of late. Wow. Because the other thing about that particular dynamic is no one ever talked about. There were so many leavings that no one talked about it. And kids know everything. We know. You know if your if your mom can walk in the room going hi and you know you just got no fight and you're really mad like yeah. there and there's that then that creates like this this friction of like why aren't you being the way I know you feel like what and, and then, then so it begins mom. yeah well that's the thing I get really passionate with my hands when I I'm sorry <laughs> me too no I, I get say so my. excited about <laughs> stuff because it's the meat that yeah. of like what makes people tick and it's frustrating because like I said I know it's there yeah I've done work on it. But it's like, I probably till the end of time, till I'm dead in the ground, well, I'll be working on this thing. Yeah. And so, but that's the thing. Like, I remember 
the communication, because no one spoke, it was either yelling or, or silence. Mm, and so I knew dad wasn't coming back if there was like an outfit on the bed with a note. And I was like, oh, oh bummer. Wow. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, but that was the, the crazy thing is because then what I didn't. And he would come back. How confusing that must have been as a kid. Well, I didn't even resent him. Isn't that crazy? I resented yeah. my mom. I was huh. like, girl. Get your shit. Because I was like, yeah. why are you letting him back in the... You well, it takes I mean. two to come back, you know? Like, yeah. you know, but... And both of them could have said no, but then they both said yes. Yeah. That's... Tr yeah, that's confusing. It's so tricky. Yeah. But these are the things that, like, I... This is why relationship... Pod like, your podcast in very particular, I think, obviously is so popular because, you know, it's the one... People can do so well in every aspect of their life, <sighs> you know? Relationship... Romantic relationships magnify your shit. Yeah. And it's like, damn. I thought that was hidden, and it, it's crazy because you're so, especially at the beginning of a romance. Of a romance, mm. you just put on the best version of yourself for years. Oh, for a couple years. yeah. If and if you're really into it, if you're <laughs> real good at it, yeah, a couple years. Yeah. And then the cracks start coming through, and you're like, fuck. And then you're like, oh wait, what? And so it's yeah, and it's gut wrenching, and it's like you. It, it also I find so interesting where people you can never hate someone as much as you like. As a romantic partner, like I, out of all the people you can hate in your life, like your coworker, your mom, your dad, a, rom a romantic partner, you just, you have this ability to like hate them so much. And it's very perplexing and interesting to me. I don't know. <laughs> no, I know. That's my wife. Well, She's you know, sitting she right there. She, oh. I tell you what. Nothing. Nothing. That you hate some of your exes or they hate you? No, I'm just. Um, but like they're, they're, it's like a rage thing. I'm like, yeah. why? Why with love? I think I think because it's so vulnerable. And the second like you get hurt, all that safety you felt gets like you feel like it just gets drained out into the swamps, mm -hmm. and you feel like robbed and depleted and betrayed. And yeah, the, a, a romantic betrayal. Like, how dare you? You should know. Yeah, you know me better, and then you act this way. Yeah, you do this thing. Like, it's you know, fuck yourself. It's oh. gut wrenching. Well, no, I'm just yeah. It's yeah. like a whole like I've yeah. I don't think I've ever been as mad at anybody in my life as I have in previous. Not not every romantic partner, but like a romantic partner has the ability to kind of spark this anger in me that I'm like, well, I don't like that. Mm -hmm. I don't want that there. But it's there. We all have it. Yeah. Do you ever talk about your relationship? How long have you been with your boyfriend? Oh, we, we say like one and a half years. It's so funny. It started out super toxic. <laughs> so if okay. somebody would have written in and been like, this is the situation <laughs> I'm in, I'd be like, bitch, run. run. <laughs> what are you doing, you dumb bitch? Yeah, yeah, we yeah, say yeah. on, lovingly, we say on God, we, like, yeah. we fuck, like, don't be a dumb bitch. Meaning, like, because we all are capable of it. Like, going back to somebody who mm -hmm. has is like, I don't like you like that. And you're like, but maybe you will, you know? Yeah. Um, but it, it, we, yeah, we, we, I think we went on a date, like, four year, four or five years ago. And we were, we were both like, okay, we both got out of seven-year relationships at the same time. But mine, he, he had some healing to do from his. Yeah. I was more, I broke up with him. It was sad, but it, there wasn't like things I had to look at about myself. There were some things, but like it wasn't as earth shattering. Like, oh my God, I made these decisions. How could I have done that? Th that wasn't a part of my breakup. So I was kind of healed a little bit uh, faster. And so we started seeing each other and I was like, nah, I don't know about him. Very handsome. He's a singer. 
uh, from Dublin, Irish Irish man. <laughs> Irish men are and and women. Irish women fucking rule. I don't think there's a stronger <laughs> female population on the planet than Irish women. Yeah, Truly, yeah, it's it, I've never experienced anything like it. But I and Irish men are very just so charming mm. and like handsome and good storytellers and anyway um and so we dated and then i started to really like him and he, i think he wanted to be in a hoe phase a little bit okay. and i talk about my i'm not good enough abandonment all that bullshit that i didn't work on yet um like that part of myself and so i got so ang- like there was one night where we were at a bar and i was like but he was with another woman and he had every right to be. We weren't dating. And I was like, fuck you. And I was just being so crazy. Like he, like a, a lot of crazy came out with me towards him and I was perplexed by it. I'm like, why am I acting like this? This is weird. And I like probably freaked him out. And then I was, and I just felt very strongly about him. And I'm like, I don't know why this is. And so, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take my own advice. If it's meant to be, it will happen. Back the fuck off, Christina. Like stop. And I did. And then we ended up, dating and now we're together like a year so like it's been like yeah a year and a half was it that age-old thing because you stopped pursuing him and then now he's the guy and he, he needs to chase perhaps like perhaps i think we got to a place where we were friends but the whole time i was pretending that like that's all i wanted even though i wanted more and i remember one time i told him i was like i'm in love with you and he was like he, he was so honest with me but he straight up told me i don't think of you when you're not here and i was like all right oh. yeah no i'm glad you told me that i'm glad you were honest that hurts but I need to hear that because that's how you felt. Okay, honesty. <laughs> I walked out of his house. And I'm like, oh, that sucked. <laughs> but I did appreciate it. I'm like, okay, time to move on, girl. Don't do not do that. And so, but then we just kind of came back together and just, yeah. Like developed, a, we didn't fall in love, but we like, de- like uncovered it, yeah. if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, it's very interesting. I've never experienced anything like that. But I'm fu- he's the best. Sounds healthy. I'm like, it's pretty healthy. It was so unhealthy. Yeah. And I usually I'm like, if it starts out toxic like that, Good. where do you go from there? But like I say, it's really healthy and lovely. And does doing the podcast and constantly giving sex advice, relationship advice, life advice, is it does that do you find that's helping you in your own? A hundred percent. Yes, a hundred percent. Not not just with him, but like how I act towards like women in the world and stuff. Like mm-hmm. we've we talked a lot about um like pregnancy. Mm-hmm. When a woman's pregnant, there's baby showers, and then when the baby comes, everyone just celebrates the baby mm-hmm. and people kinda like leave the mom in the dust a little bit. And so we ta- we've had conversations about like postpartum depression, mm-hmm. but really um, it's more like a woman is pregnant. She has this baby. It's a huge surge of hormones. And then everybody's off doing their own thing. And she's alone with the baby 24 hours a day. If she's lucky, if her, the, 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 her partner can have like leave from his work, his or her work, like, but that's like, why do we say postpartum depression? Like it's some unfortunate thing that happened to you. It's of course it's going to happen to you. Of course you're going to have depression after that. So certain things like that. So it's changed the way I interact with like, like my friend had a baby. My friend from college had a baby three months old. I went to go see her and I bought all these presents, but I only got stuff for her. Mm. I'm like, your baby's fine. Your baby don't need a dress. Hmm. You need like really nice slippers and lotion and like, a, like just stuff that I know she would appreciate. And she was like, cause we had discussions about it on the podcast and I was like, Oh, I want to kind of change the way I, operate in these like societal norm situations you know and she was like thank you so much for like getting me a gift and not my fucking kid because like she has more she'll never wear all the dresses that people got for her and i'm like yeah that's the baby doesn't need a gift (laughs) yeah you need a gift you fucking pushed out a baby that's amazing yeah you know and kind of like you see the ways with where women just get kind of 
slighted or their their experience just doesn't really get the respect it deserves yeah. and that pisses me off and so i like the way like corinne really kind of leads the charge she's really she really gives a shit about how and so do i but she really how women are treated in the world and how where we are mistreated and we, we gotta fucking nip that in the bud immediately um yeah so that's really that's changed how i interact with people that's, I mean, I'm like, it full, like you, you were so like you were so good at the message that you just gave that I was like, it fully entrenched. <laughs> Thank you. I was like, damn, and my mind started going to like, is that just in a cultural thing that we do that with these baby and these baby showers? Yeah, because there are cultures that they they like really pamper the mother yeah. after the baby is born, and yeah. if you think about, it, I don't have kids, but I'm like, if you think about it, like. The birth is a fucking traumatic, physically, possibly emotionally. I don't know. I've never been through it. But, like, if you have on the other side, you know you're going to have this community of friends and family to, like, love you and take care of you. And then so you could take care of your baby. Like, that feels better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I think, yeah. I, it's one of those things that I think being a woman sometimes going through doing womanly things, which is, like, you know, Jen and I, you know, went through a – tried to have a baby – Oh, wow. You know, but I, I wasn't successful. Cause, yeah. Well, one, we only was able to try it once, but I didn't talk about it. I was very like, oh. this is actually the first time I've even said it publicly. Wow. Publicly. Yeah. You have to very, very proud. Because that's a lot of, that's very stressful. Like, it's, that's. It was, yeah. And it's amazing. Like, just listening to you talk. One, that's the thing. Like, you just being honest, you know, it allows other people the invitation to be like, to, to share like, oh, yeah, you're right. Whole shit. Yeah, I actually yeah. tried to have a baby. It, just once because it was very expensive for us. But like, you know, just that process alone, the, you know, the hormones and then being Ugh. told that you can't have it. And then you yeah. know, you're at an age where you're like, ah, right. <laughs> this yeah. is it, sister. You know, and obviously people now are having babies. Naomi Campbell, Naomi Campbell just had one. At like She did? Girl. Holy Who shit, knows? good for her. Wow. Like celebrities can have them. I yeah. don't know if they're having surrogate. I it's don't so, know. It's wild. It's so interesting how the go the U.S. government wants babies, 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 babies. Mm -hmm. But when you want to get pregnant an, a, 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 a different way, mm -hmm. they're like, that'll be $50,000. Girl, minimum. Fuck you. Minimum. Well, it's not the way the Bible says. Right, That's I forgot. You know what? I didn't read it. That's my brother. But it's up. not even all same just thing. same same sex. It's it's hetero couples that have fertility issues. Mm -hmm. Like it's not just same. Right. It's like why why aren't we investing money in in that and 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 then we're forcing young women to have babies that they don't want to have. And there's these women that want to have babies. They're like, I am a grounded, self actualized human being. I have a a, a career. I want a baby. And we're like, eh, you know. We put that you make them go through hoops and pay like eight college tuitions for a fucking kid. Like, yeah. it just makes no sense. I know. And then you see like you know, a fourteen year old heroin addict having a baby. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? You know, it's just some. No offense. I don't want to get. No, but like, or like somebody who was ra like, ugh, man, the emails we get. Like, we get a lot of crazy emails, and a lot of them have to do with like rape and unwanted pregnancies. Like, ugh. of like fifteen year olds. What emails? Like, my friend got pregnant. She doesn't want to tell her parents she's running in our middle school's track and field punching herself in the stomach drinking vodka what do i do the fuck? yeah well, yep and yeah. they don't know there's funds mm -hmm. to get and they don't know like in certain states you have to have parent permission certain states you don't have so there's all these rules and stuff and you wouldn't know until you know someone tells you but it's like man they really want people who don't want to have a baby to have a baby and people who do want to have a baby make it very difficult to, to yeah play. yeah very interesting. It's so, I could talk forever on this, but here's what we're going to do. We're <laughs> going to do our little no look oh, drawing yeah. situation. 
And then um, it's, again, it takes a second. Okay. No stress, I promise. Okay, so, so how this goes, Christine, <laughs> is yeah. So we do the no look drawing, and then uh, okay, you're adorable. Do you are you good on time? Oh yeah, I just want to make sure I didn't smear my lipstick all over my face because oh, no, I've done that before. Good, yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, so you just you look at it once, and then I'll draw you, and then you draw me. And if you know what, you can draw an apple. It doesn't. It's okay. okay. I'll try. I'll try. Try my best. Yeah. So, um, all right. So I look to wands. And I, all okay. right. So while I do this, while we do this, I add an extra layer. And I always ask. Should I be drawing you now, too? Yeah. Okay. Got it. Okay. I always ask my guests. Uh, obviously, the podcast is called Not Cool. So I ask mm -hmm. you, because everybody, you are cool. You're very uh, cool. Thank You've you. You've done a lot of cool shit. Thank but you. what is the most not cool thing about you? There's so much. There's so much. Not cool. So, like, what's the, well, how do we define not cool? Like, like dorky or like, yo, that wasn't cool. Like, that was fucked up or that was rude. You know what I mean? Like, how would you define not cool? I would say something about like how people perceive me. Like, oh, they think I'm really cool, but actually, oh, right. I, you know, um, right, right, right. Um, hmm. Like a dorky thing, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm really into like <laughs> ectoplasm and stuff around like the science around ghosts and psychic phenomena. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's really cool. And I purchased, uh, I think this is cool, but like maybe somebody could say it's not cool. Um, I purchased this camera, this type of Polaroid camera from the 80s and a specific type of Polaroid film that they don't make anymore. So I could like try and get ghosts on camera and I'll spend my nights like smoking weed, lighting sage and taking pictures <laughs> of the smoke, seeing if a ghost pops up. Has it worked? Has it worked? <laughs> Not, you know what? One time, I can't find this, I, oh the Polaroid God. when I moved, but the very clearly the, the S and P were in the smoke and I'm like that. And I showed it to my friends and they're like, what the fuck? Who's that's cool. So my my boyfriend, uh, my ex boyfriend, those were that's his initials. But um, but I I don't know why that would be. I wasn't trying to. I he was in the back. Like he wasn't even. We'd broken up, and I was fucking all these people. I was excited. So he wasn't even like in my thoughts, and he did die. Like he's alive. So I'm like I don't know what that's about. But it was so clear. It was all this, I'm you know, like, say, you know, when you light sage, yeah. and it was just an S and a P. I'm like, what? I'm like, That's cool. Pepper. I'm going through everything with an S and a P. I'm like, yeah, pepper. I don't know. Cereal, paternal, <laughs> fucking spicy pepperoni. <laughs> spicy pepperoni. Spicy poop. I like diarrhea. Here's the thing. That's actually very cool. And again, that's one thing that too. Because here, I okay. I need you to start the ghost podcast, UFO oh, yeah. podcast yeah, today, yeah. Yeah. not tomorrow, yeah. today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I also am super uh, um, interested because I've watched all of the ghost uh, shows, like ghost documentaries that are out there, the ones that have all the special lighting, the special equipment, the special mm -hmm, sonar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to me. All of it. That's the angle. So, can I explain why? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, and then. I, but I have I'll a, like a. I'll tell you what really got me into it. Other than okay, that. because I'll tell you, I've watched Jack Osborne did a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was a, who else did a show? Do you think that was real though? The, I got, like, well, can, so dumb. can I tell you something? Okay, they kept the, they say, kept the teaser like, oh, next step, but you know, after yeah. the commercial break, That's, we're gonna and they would show like a and nothing happened, something shaking. And nothing. All you hear is a bunch of beeps and like saw a camera drops. Like, Did you see that? Like, yeah. I didn't, as the viewer, see it. Nothing. I watched every episode, Christina. Nothing ever happened. And I was like, you, you got paid to. What the? 
So one of the what, this is one of the most powerful experiences I've I've ever witnessed um, with mediumship and why I'm so obsessed with it. Laurel and Jackson was featured on this docu series on Netflix, Surviving Death. Mm-hmm. It's every episode covers a different aspect of death. Um, one of the episodes was on mediums. I think she was in two of them. I loved her. Pre- she was just really like grounded and very sweet. She, she used to be a school teacher, and you watched her do a reading with this woman whose daughter died, and that's a that's really heavy. And I don't know if it was suicide or what. And she, she, the reading, I was like, what the fuck? And so I followed her. I read her books. I took some classes. She does these 90 people readings in Long Island, Laura. That's where she's from. I've been to three of them. The first one I went to, I'll never forget because I don't have anybody that's, I don't have a tragic death in my life. Like I'm very lucky in that way. So I'm not trying to talk to anybody. I'm just obsessed with this. Like the fact that we can do it is so cool. And I watched this woman. I was sitting front row. I got there first, the front row. And because I just want to see her do it, you know? And there was this woman there with her, what seemed like her son. She was pissed. She had like a, not a school shooter vibe, but she she was angry. She was seething. Oh boy. And I am assuming it's because people come there. It's very heavy. People come there like their children have died. Like it's that. I can't imagine what that must feel like. Laura's reading people, reading people. She gets to this woman and she's just, oh, her energy was just like, I could fucking pick up a gun and shoot everybody. Like she was so angry and that was probably also me like being like very sensitive to whatever you know i don't think that's how far her rage went but but laura got to her and she was like your son is here and she just starts and he died of a drug overdose and she's like a very sweet woman i've watched her in classes before and she got like really like listen bitch she didn't say that but she was like you are not living your life because you are kicking yourself thinking you could have done something. Mm-hmm. Nothing you could have, your son would have overdosed if you were home. Your son would have overdosed if he was away, if he was overseas. He would have overdosed. You need to get over that because you're missing out on this son's life. Like she gave her like a talking to, which is not normally how she talks. And then she said some things that were personal that I didn't get, but she clearly understood that these were, it was undeniable. You watched this woman. You watched 800 pounds lift off of her shoulder. It was like one of those scenes in a movie where a boy in a wheelchair comes up to the uh, the pastor and he touches his shoulders and now the boy can walk. Mm-hmm. That's what I saw. Mm-hmm. That It was a miracle what I saw. You watched her smile. Her face, she looked more beautiful. Mm-hmm. Her face looked like angelic. You were like, oh my God. I, it was, for one second, you were just this, ang- like, it felt like her skin was gray. Like she was just, oh. And she walked out of that room like happy. And you were like, you kn- everybody in that room knew if you didn't have that reading, the rest of your life would have been fucking awful. The rest of your life is going to be better because you had that interaction. That is why I'm obsessed with this shit. That is the most powerful, potent thing. And the last thing I'll say, because I'm really, this is a really interesting topic. And I really think that like hearing these stories can really help people like kind of just put context to their own life. There is a, a crew member for the Wait What podcast that I'm doing about these topics. He was like, oh, I have a story to tell you. He met this woman who studied near-death experiences. There was about a handful of people, maybe 100, that they were studying. They wanted to know every detail about their near-death experience. Most of them saw the white light. Most of them had a conversation with somebody, didn't know who. Some of it was a family member. But a big chunk of them were asked the exact same question in the exact same way. And that question was, how have you loved? Ooh. And that, like, people don't, I've never heard, I've heard those words before, but never strung together like that. And I'm like, that is what it's all about is like love. And when your family's members, your loved ones pass away, like they don't want you to be sad. Like we carry all this bullshit on us from trauma, from like crazy heartbreaks and all this stuff. But we can, 
release it. We can release ourselves. You never need a medium to do it. But like, you know, people kind of assume that you do because they don't know how a way in. But like, we are all so much more powerful than we could ever know. And I feel like that's the thing that I'm really interested in people understanding about themselves. Holy shit. Yeah. So I'm like obsessed with this shit. <laughs> no, no, I am. No, I mean, because I think it's really powerful, you know? It's a chase of, of yeah, because this life is weird. Like, it's fucking it wild. So it's dark, it's okay. silly, it's fun, it's boring, it's awful. It's. But are you like, because I, you know, intensity was. I relate to you so much. Like, so intense. I have so much. Like, no, it's amazing. Like, I'll wake up one day. It's just so existential. And I'm like, yeah. what are we doing? Like, I'll just, it's not even 830 in the morning. I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, this, isn't this weird? So, it's so weird. Being <laughs> a person's so weird and uncomfortable. Crazy. Like, I'll just look at the moon. I'm like, we're on a fucking planet. Like, yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, that's same. a planet. Yeah. It, it just blows my mind sometimes that we think we're so important. I'm like, do you know how small? And then you start thinking of like, and especially like, you know, yeah, once you have something big happen, like my mom passed, that was the biggest thing that's happened to me. Yeah, that's earth shattering. That's it, like, whew. It is, but it also makes you go like, oh, hold up. <laughs> oh, okay. We are not here for a long time. Like this is yeah. a minute. So what... What are we, and it's also too, like it was, I know that it's been told to me before, but like you can't take it with you. Like it's, shit means nothing. These Not a mean God, nothing. but only thing that means anything is love. Yes. That's it. Because that's what you. That's the love the, with a pet, your love with your wife, the love with like, even like the love with like a coworker that you just adore and you, they light, you light up when you see them. Like that's what it's about. And even the people who challenge you and make you angry and you hate and you're like, fuck you. I hate the way you, you're, you're full of hatred. That's also really important because that puts a mirror to yourself of like, ah, I got to look at some stuff, you know? Yeah. Which is a lifetime, like you said, like your whole life you're going to be doing the work. Mm-hmm. But it's also too at this. But I think I'm also obsessed with it and the meat. Like why I went to the medium because I definitely know. Like this isn't it. Like yeah. I really. <laughs> Thank God, right? I, yeah, I just um, don't believe that's, that. Yeah, yeah. It, I just because you do feel like there's something else happening here. Like and you know we also talked about UFOs and aliens. And it's like yeah, no shit. Like yeah, the very fact that that's I don't know. Again, it's a hot topic right now, but Chris, for some reason, like the, you know, the, it, it's coming out, like everything, but it's been going on for a long time. A long ass time. Yeah. It's cool to hear people talking about it though. I love it. I love it. It's like less weird. Cause the, I, the reason I talk about all this stuff all the time is cause I've had so many experiences where people are like, you know, I've never told anybody this, but uh, I can talk to ghosts or whatever. I'm like, you were sitting on that the whole. That's so cool. And he's like, I like a lot of my friends. A lot of them are male, and I'm like, what? How have you not said anything? And they're like, I don't know. People think I'm weird, and I think it's weird. I'm like, it's not weird. It's so cool. It's so cool. Yeah. So that's why that's the other reason why I like talking about it because people come out and they're like, wait, I've I've seen this. I've seen a, a spaceship. I've seen something, and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We gotta share these stories. We gotta share them. <laughs> just a deeper connection that's like you know because we do you live in new york we live in la it's like it's a very surface way of, which is a very disconnected lonely way of like the humanity's gone 
Yeah, Everything's yeah. transactional. And that feels really sad to a lot of fucking it is people. Sad. And so it's very isolating for a lot of people. And then people get isolated. And then they think they're the only ones that are thinking that. It's like, no, you're not. No, like, not at all. We are all like, what in the fuck is going <laughs> on? <laughs> Honestly, yes. Like in some way, you know what I mean? In some way, everybody, there's a, everybody's having a trip of their own. And however mm. it's personal to them. So I think that's what's amazing about having those conversations. And it's fun. Like it's so seeking fun. more of like. Yeah. This isn't it, so what else? And yeah. then there's a what else after that. And then there's a what else. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I don't know, again, there's my existentialism. I'm like, and then it's like space. <laughs> totally. <laughs> no, and then your brain, you're like, my head hurts. Yeah, my head I'm hurt. thinking about concepts that I'm just like, yep. They're making me dizzy. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. And then that's why I just bring it all back to primary colors and painting, <laughs> which amazing. brings me back to something super simple. So here is your. <clears throat> This is not actually might be That's my most good. accurate. The teeth are not accurate. I promise <sighs> to God they are closer together. Wow, you didn't look down once? No. Wow. But I've done this a few times. Okay, right, right. That's multiple true. Multiple times. And um, at least, well, okay. They all look like, but yours is pretty good. I'm not yeah. going to lie. That's not bad. I like it. All right, let's see. I drew yes, you with like girl. sun and birds. <laughs> I drew sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> that, yep, that That's all cute. tracks. Yep. <laughs> that's about it. I don't Mermaid know. Mermaid hair and sun. What's going to happen when I shave my head off one day? Because that's. This oh, that's a, my dream. Uh, yours too? Yeah, because my hair lashes. is such a big, like, my hair is huge usually, and uh, I just want to just shave it off. Sinead, I mean, Sinead O'Connor is like one of the most bad bitches on the earth, and uh, yep. yeah. Well, I think your hair is one of the things I've also wanted to say but we we won't but I, your hair is deliciously gorgeous thank you i'm obsessed with curly hair <laughs> and uh, sometimes i there was photos of you obviously online you have like really beautiful curly hair and it's like big yeah i gotta like a, i take a pick to it and i get a little uh, huge yeah i love that yeah. shit the wilder to me the better totally yeah and then i mean and then there was ones of like the straight hair and i was like beautiful but we're like i just love that wildness because yeah just, once i did the work on myself i was like oh i'm comfortable having big hair now so pretty. i wasn't comfortable with it but thank you i appreciate that yeah, <laughs> like, of course well i am so glad you came where can people i mean obviously people know where you are but just for the yeah. hell of it follow me on social media at christina hutch um guys who fucks with my podcast i have a patreon where i lead like four times a month i do group like th i put therapy in quotes because i'm not a licensed therapist but I just like, it's just a Zoom where people just talk about shit and like whatever they want to talk about, like something going on in their life. or per And it's really a fascinating like window into humanity. And I really, it's really fun. So if you want to sign up for that, you can. Uh, Patreon.com slash Christina Hutchinson. That's, and you're a therapist, of course. Of I mean, not licensed. I have to legally say that because I don't, I don't want to get sued. But boy, doing guys who fucked for 10 years makes you feel like you are. Well, you have loads and loads of experience. Um, I am so, I can't, I'm so grateful that you took time to come on my podcast. You're doing such incredible, important, and having those big conversations that, you know, men and women are, and everyone in between, whatever, that need to hear. Because, you know, a lot of times people are sitting, you know, in a trailer out in the middle of Kansas. Thinking they're like, the only one. What in the fuck am I? <laughs> so it's so important. So thank you for everything that you do and all the Thanks. entertainment. And if you're in Los Angeles, Go see her when she's here. Yeah. And if you're in New York, definitely go see her. Thank you so much for coming on Not Cool. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, girl. <laughs>